Hi, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to the Bronson Beard Podcast. Hello, tailgaters. Welcome back to the Brats and Beers podcast. We're excited to bring you another incredible interview guest today. Uh, we have a former NFL wide receiver who was originally drafted by the Tennessee Oilers in 1998, later to become the Tennessee Titans. Uh, he was the player that scored on what has been famously labeled the Music City Miracle, and he racked up a total of over 2,300 yards and 18 touchdowns during his entire career with the Titans, Panthers, Chargers and Redskins, uh, tailgaters, please help me welcome one of my all-time favorite Titans players to the show, Kevin Dyson. <laughs> hey, what's going on, brother? Thank you so much for joining us, Kevin. Uh, we appreciate Absolutely. you being here. And uh, obviously, I'm a huge fan. I grew up um, kind of in that, that lovely heyday of the, the Tennessee Titans. I mean, they're, they're not doing too bad right now, but uh, that whole... Dyson, McNair era was uh, was the best. I loved growing up during that part. So, can we reshoot that introduction? Because I don't think you put enough respect on his name. <laughs> you, you 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 forgot something right there. You forgot Doctor. Hey hey, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to the I rest. Appreciate of the that, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, brother. Hey, I I think that's more important than former NFL wide receiver to me. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True, true, true. I appreciate that, brother. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm excited, man. I appreciate y'all um, inviting me, man. Good to talk football, chop it up. We can talk education, whatever you want to, man. Oh, yeah. I appreciate the opportunity, man. It, it's hard to believe that, that team you mentioned, that's 20-plus years ago. It's crazy. The Oilers. People forgot we were the Oilers at one point or another at this point now, you know? Yep. So, yeah. Oh, man, appreciate you having me. It's crazy. Well, thank you. Thank you. Do you still uh, watch a lot of NFL games? Are you still like a Titans fan or like who, who are you cheering for if you're watching? Well, uh, I, I do a pre and post game show with the Titans on uh, Titan radio. Um, so I, I, obviously I pay a lot of attention to what they're doing. Um, this is about the time of year I start getting more invested in it. You know, I, 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 I glimpse at the offseason moves, but of course, after the draft, you kind of see who the new faces are. Uh, whether it be free agents or, of course, the draft. And you start paying attention to kind of puzzle pieces that you think they might fall um, as far as roster is concerned. And then, you know, I get into the the preseason and, you know, I do a pre- and a post-game show. So, you know, I, obviously I still pay attention to them and yeah. call me a fan. You can call me a fan if you want to, but I'm a fan of the game, you know, so whatever's on. And, and then, of course, certain players that you like, you enjoy watching more than others. So I try to make sure I catch them. And yeah. I'm a fan of anybody. It's the Titans, but I'm more of a fan of the game. Okay. Okay. Any specific players that you really enjoy watching or? Oh, I love the Cheetah and and Mahomes, man. I okay. love watching their, their chemistry. And I love, I think Kelsey is a tight end. That, that threesome is one is very special. I still like to watch Tom Brady and, and of course, Drew Brees till he retires. Some of the old school guys that were around when I played. Um, and, and just watching them, how they progressed and had longevity in their careers. I love just seeing what they can do still at a high level. Um, you know, there's a couple of young guys. Saquon Barkley is somebody I love watching. I think he's kind of a throwback. Of a, he's kind of got that LT feel. He can catch the ball. He can run. He's powerful. He's a he's a thousand thousand guy. You know, he can get a thousand yard receiving, thousand yards rushing. Um, I like Obi. I like Beckham. Obj. I, I love. I like him. I think his 
his chip on his shoulder, where he plays the game. I appreciate his game. And some of the old school guys, you know, uh, I'm trying to think, man, there's so many guys. I like Larry Fitzgerald, much respect for him and what he's accomplished and what he's doing. Uh, Julio Jones, one of my favorites all time to watch play, big, fast receiver. Uh, there's, there's several people and a couple of young guys coming up. A lot of Alabama receivers, I just love them. They're, they're so efficient in the way they run the routes. Yeah. Great me- mechanics, great uh, just ability to run route speed, getting in on a cut. So, you know, I, I got my guys I like to okay. watch. And, you know, there's a lot of talented people out there as well. I like it. I like it. Well, yeah. what do you think of uh, Caleb Farley uh, in the draft there? You know, I like the pick. I think the way the league is going, you want you got a, a big corner that can run, who's who's who can move well. Sometimes you get big corners, they're not very agile, and he's got some great agility. And I think potentially he can be a very good pick. Now, health is that concern, but that's that's the concern when you play in the NFL, anyways. Health, it, nobody's ever at one hundred percent. So, you know, you hope that you know being able this being your full time job. He'll get in the ears of some of the veterans and, and talk to them and ask them, how do I take my care of my body for the long haul? You know, that's something you learn over some time, like what works for you. But you gain some advice from guys that have done it before. And I hope he seeks that out. And I hope guys share with him. And this is things that has helped me c- continue with that longevity and help with the injury so he can be on the field. You know, I was unfortunate. My injuries weren't nagging. My, my, my injuries were career-threatening. And, yeah. and ultimately, it did end my career early. So, uh, and, you know, that you can't control, but the ones with sprained ankle, hamstrings, things of that nature, those things you can treat, make sure you're taking care of your body before those injuries. That's where he needs to get in the ears of some of these veterans. And, and knowing how to pace yourself through the season, that sounds crazy when you talk about pacing yourself. And it, it's just a matter of knowing when to go hard, knowing when to turn it off. And, and, and everybody goes hard practice 100% all the time, but there's certain times where you're full out playoff football mode, even in practice, and knowing when to do that and how to, how to rest your body. And that's a skill he'll learn in the National Football League. Okay. Did you have – when you were playing, did you have a team that you either hated playing against or even like a cornerback that you, you hated uh, matching <laughs> up against? Or uh, I tell you what, the Baltimore Ravens defense back in the late 90s, early 2000s was as good as it gets. I can tell you after my rookie year, uh, we were the Orioles, as you mentioned, and people would ask me uh, – the toughest team you played against and we played them twice right they were in the same division at the time i said the baltimore ravens and i think they were six and ten that year and we were eight and eight and they're like the baltimore ravens say yes that team is real i think for defense purposes that was the realest defense i ever seen in my life all the way around corners were physical they were tough Dwayne starks deron jenkins you know uh, they had uh, rod woodson in the secondary then they had i mean bowlware i mean they had a defense of course ray lewis how can i forget him like you know that defense was unreal they were fast physical they're aggressive they they were smart uh they knew your tendencies they went against them it was all-out battle and uh, so that was one of those teams. And I think there was a lot of corners, not that they scared me or I feared them. I just, you knew you had to amp it up a little bit, you know, yeah. uh, Aeneas Williams, uh, Charles Woodson, Champ Bailey, Sean Springs, Aaron Glenn. Like I can go on and on, but you <laughs> knew you're going to battle, man. And uh, it was a challenge uh, uh, every week. Sam Madison, Patrick Sertain at the Miami corners, both of them were good. So um I, yeah man it, it was just every week you had to come with it um that's the that's the crazy part about the nfl man now 
truth be told, the first two corners, you know, it's going to be a battle. A lot of times that third guy is the third guy for a reason. And if you get him on, you better take advantage. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so but, uh, but, you know, but there were some guys, man, truly some, some epic battles in my, in my opinion. Okay. Do you um, feel that with the way the league is nowadays and how, you know, offensive protective it is, how different your game would have been if you would have played in today's NFL? <laughs> I was just talking to Michael Irvin about this last week, uh, last uh, a week ago today, last Friday. I was talking to Michael Irvin, and uh, I, we both were just, man, can you imagine? First of all, you catch 30 balls, you're going to make $10 million a year. That's one. <laughs> Two, they can't touch you. You can't be physical with you. can't touch you down the field. You get a penalty. So you, they give you all flexibility. Now you go across the middle. Ain't that fear of getting your head knocked off as much. Uh, there's still that little bit of that fear, obviously, but it's not as much as it used to be because you know you can't take that big old head shot. Uh, I was joking with him, man. I said, man, I was born 10 years too late, too early. <laughs> I was born in 1975. Let me be born in 1985, 1990, and I could play in this game that they're playing in right now, man. Because, I mean, truth be told, man, they make – I mean, again, everybody had to pave the way. You know, the Michael Irvins of the world, as I mentioned, Jerry Rice of the world, and even before them, uh, guys had paved the way so guys can make more money. So my group, my era, you're talking about T.O., Randy Moss, and Pines Ward. I, I ain't going on with my era – Marvin Harrison, they kind of paved the way for what it is right now. And the guys are making extensive, a lot of money. It's a passing league. People putting the ball putting the ball in the air 40, 50 times in a game. Aaron Rodgers and, and guys are just throwing the football around. And, you know, it's it's fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. It is. But it, as a former receiver who's saying that, who played in an offense where it was Eddie on first down, Eddie on second down, <laughs> throw to Frank Wycheck on third down. You, know, <laughs> you kind of wish you had that luxury of going out there and knowing the ball's coming to you 10, 15 times a game. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't want to bring this up, but I do want to bring it up. Just uh, here you go. I know where you're going. <laughs> it, it, it was too, it's too soon for this. It's too it, soon. It, it is too soon. I still think about it all the time. And my brother gives me shit every time because he's, he's wait, a Bronco. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> If we're gonna do it, you gotta do it right, though. If we're gonna go with the playoffs, let's let's talk about. Yeah, first. we gotta talk first. There's two plays, I guess, we can discuss. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, who's a who's a better quarterback? I mean, is it Steve McNair's or Frank Wycheck? Because he really hooked you up on them. He's a miracle. <laughs> I don't know. You well, know, uh, Frank, Frankie, Frankie, man, uh, for what that play was, that ball was perfect. <laughs> uh, I just met a, a Bills fan who the other day and. We were just talking casually, talking. He was talking about the play, and he kind of slid in there. It was a forward pass. Just after, just <laughs> casual with it, you know. I was like, nah, man, it was a lateral. I said, go look, go look at the video, you yeah. know. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it was a fun experience. And, you know, found out years later, literally it was about four years ago, uh, we were, me, Frank Wycheck, Lorenzo Neal, were kind of talking about the play. And uh, Lorenzo Neal, I, I found this out at that time, it was probably been was 16, 17 years after the fact. And he said, I told Frank, they're going to kick me the ball, come get it from me. Like, he ordained it. Like, he just knew. Wow. And sure enough, he catches it, he gives it to Frank, and then it happens. Um, uh, and it didn't happen how it was designed. But, you know, finding out little – I keep finding out little bits about the play myself. Um, over the years, I've figured – found out some things and what people were doing, what they were thinking – uh, so it's been a fun, fun yeah. thing to talk about for 20 years. And at what and point I mean, I, in – oh, I'm sorry. What, what I was going to ask, like, I mean, in practice, you guys go over special teams and situational plays like that. How much time went into that play specifically? Well, I'll tell you, first of all, I was never a part of it. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was one of the players, but I had one foot outside, one foot in the locker room ready to go. It's in the practice, right? 
So I wasn't even part of that equation. Uh, but they, we worked on it literally from the preseason all up until the moment we ran it every Saturday, every you know day before the game. That was kind of like our post-game, post-practice. Here's our situational stuff. You know, Jeff Fisher was a preparer. Uh, so he he always would do situational football at the end of our Saturday practices, kind of Saturday walkthroughs, you know, backed up punt, uh, onside kick, um, got to win plays. We need a first down in three plays. Here's the three plays we're going to run. Uh, we got to get a first down. We need 30 yards to get it. Here's the plays we're going to run. Like he was an over-prepare, which it, it, it bode well in a lot of situations. And I, I took it with me as a head coach myself when I became a head football coach. And so that was one of those things where – at practice, we're like, man, we're never going to run this match. You're tired of looking at it, you know, but you watch it. But I wasn't watching the details of it. So I knew the gist of the play. And so, it, you know, they would run it three, maybe four different ways where, you know, they squib it, they botch it, they kick it to three, four different guys. But at the end of the result, you're trying to get into a certain position. Once the ball went in the air, I think that put us in a pretty favorable position. I think it, it initially got Buffalo out of position. I think they played it like we we're going to fair catch it almost and – uh, once their safety went towards the football, which was Frank Wachek, there was nobody laying, laying, uh, back there to stop me. So how the place was designed, how it was explained to me as I'm running off to the field was, hey, they're going to squib this kick. They're going to squib it to Frank. He's going to get it. He's going to run, try to attract the defense, attract the kicking team. They're going to ladder it to, to Isaac Bird, who was put in position one because, of Frank, uh, because Derek Mason was taken out. So let me go back. The irony of all that is, I started cramping up midway through the third quarter. I was getting cramps. So I had to go get and go in and get an IV. Why? Because I was cramping up. Well, while that was happening, uh, it was right towards the end of the third quarter. Derek Mason was pump returning and got hit. He got concussed. So he couldn't play anymore. And so that moved Anthony Dorsett Jr. into the kick return spot number two. Well, at the end of the game, he was cramping up and couldn't run. So look at the irony here. I went, I went and got IVs at the time Derek Mason was getting concussed and his backup couldn't even finish the game because he was cramping up. So they moved me in who had never practiced it, who hadn't returned a kick since college. And so they moved me in and they say, hey, here, we're going to run home run throwback. They're going to scoop it to Frank. They're going to lateral to Isaac Bird. You get behind him, get in pitch relationship. He's going to get what he can. If he gets in trouble, he's going to pitch it to you. You get what you can't get out of bounds. That was what they, that, and it's about that speed. <laughs> like, it's about to happen. Here we go. And the ball kicks in the air, and I see Isaac Berg come up, and I'm like, oh, snap. So I just, instincts, and coaches will always tell you, at some point, a football player's got to be a football player. We got all these plays, designs. You go 10 yards, turn here, do this, you do that. At some point, at some point you got to be a football player, and instincts kick in. And it just kicked in. I saw the ball in the air. I stepped back. I caught it and I ran and for a brief moment, I thought, get out of bounds because that was in my head, right? Get out of bounds. I saw Doug Christie fall down. I'm like, oh, snap, I'm about to score. And I scored, man, and history was made, man. And, you know, I look back on it now. I don't even watch myself run. I, I really, I watch the fans. I watch the sidelines. I watch the reaction to everybody else in that moment of disbelief, man. It's just, it's remarkable. It, it, even if I wasn't a part of it, uh, man, it would be something that I, I think I would appreciate even still. I still... Like, if I, it, it's kind of surreal that it's me when I watch it because it's just such a monumental moment, you know? Yeah. I, I was – I mean, every time I watch it, it's just like I, – I just – I always wondered, like, when you knew you were going to score. I was like, <laughs> it, did, did you know the whole time? It just looks almost effortless, like so easy at the time. Yeah. But but obviously it's not. Yeah. What, what sucks is uh, DeHay was special teams coach. 
he lost his job on that, and that ended up getting Wade Phillips fired. You know why? Because Wade Phillips would not fire his special teams coach off of one play from his players not being disciplined and staying in their uh, their kick their kick lanes. It wasn't – that's not special teams coach's fault. That's the player's fault. Yeah. But coaches get the blame for a situation like that because players didn't do their job. And, and kudos to Wade Phillips, man. He, he stood by his guy, and he said, man, if you fire him, you got to fire me. And Buffalo said, all right. And unfortunately, man, so I've, I've got a, a, an immense amount of respect for uh, Wade Phillips for that in this day and era where it's me, 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 me. Um, he was an ultimate team guy, and he, and he, he had a sacrificial lamb. He could have easily uh, put him on the chopping block and, and, and rode it out because he, he was doing well as a, as a head coach, especially there. And, um, no, man, he decided, man, look, it, it's not just his fault. It's everybody's fault, and he went on chopping block with him. Damn. I mean, that's, that, that's awesome. That, I mean, I guess I didn't know that story, but that, that's really cool to, to, to know. But um, I mean, we, we don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but there was that, <laughs> there was that second play that we were going to ask about. Uh, I mean, it, it, was the, it was the heartbreak of my childhood. Um, I'm sure <laughs> you being involved in the play, in the infamous tackle, I guess they yeah. call it. Um, I call it one yard short. I don't call it the tackle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, did you have it? Do you get asked this a lot? Like, what are your? Do you still think about it? Like, what kind of goes through your head when this comes up? <laughs> well, you I mean you can't? You got to take the good with the bad, man. You yeah. can't. Life is not just peaches and cream, man. There's rainy days for a reason. That's how you grow. Um, so I tell you like this: the irony of both of these plays is, um, me say a miracle. I wasn't initially part of the equation. I wasn't supposed to be out there. And the coming up a yard short was a play design where I'm in the progression and I have the ball in the hands and it comes my way and I come up short. And it just shows you how life is. It shows you how football is and just the parallels to, you know, you, everything can go wrong and end up right, but things can line up right and still fail. And that was ultimately, man, what happened. You know, I, here I am on this play where it designed – to come my direction and, you know, the play Z sliver was, you know, we knew they run a kind of what we call a triangle, one guy up top and they had one guy inside the number two receiver, which was Frank Wycheck, one guy outside of me, which was Dexter McLean. And we are going to force the top, the number two defender, which was Mike Jones and Lester Lyle, I think was a safety at the time. We're going to force them to make a decision. So Frank runs a vertical and knowing that, Mike Jones has to cover him for an extended, extended period of time, which if he doesn't, you throw it right where he should be and get Frank getting the ball. So Frank's first read. Well, the safety doesn't have to drop as far because we're on the 10-yard line. He doesn't have to sink as far, so he squats in the end zone. And now the linebacker, knowing he doesn't have to carry Frank as far, can come off on me a lot earlier. So once he saw me break, he breaks off of Frank, knowing he's got help over top of him with the safety and he comes off of me and he's lo and behold, he makes a great play. So, yeah. you know, it was a great design. We ran it earlier and I got, not early that game, in the, in the game before we played them on um, Halloween um, earlier in the year um, and it worked for big money. And uh, so they may have had some things for it too. And, um, but, you know, kudos to Mike, man, he made a great play. One thing I'll say, yeah. man, we, we scrimmaged them in Missouri the following season. And I was amped up, man. It was it was redemption time, you know. I want, you know, it was even though it was scrimmages and and a preseason game, I was amped up, right? I wanted to get that yard back, and it didn't even count. And uh, but we did a thing with Stuart Scott, 
uh, for ESPN. And, uh, man, he was as humble as he can be, man. He, and, he, and that would make me feel better about the whole situation. And I, I that was when I let go. You know, I had yeah. so much anger and, and, like, I had to get back to that moment. And I think when I heard him talk about how, man, it could have easily gone this way, man. His momentum brought my arm, my body around, so I was able to get my left hand on his thigh so he couldn't extend. Like, he was humble about the whole situation. And I was like, man, let me let this go. You know, and it was a good football play. Football play, yeah. It was a good football play, man, and, and it is what it is. And I'm fortunate, fortunate and unfortunate to be a part of it. And uh, there's a lot of players that played with me, before me, and have played after me that hadn't even had an opportunity to get there. So, you know, like I said, you got to take, take the good with the bad sometimes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, um, I mean, you, you also have one of the most impressive resumes that I've ever seen for an athlete outside of sports. Uh, yeah. You got a bachelor's degree from Utah, two master's degrees, doctorate, and you became, I think recently became the principal of a high school. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, I'm still working as a principal of a middle school. And, oh, middle school? Okay, okay. No, 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 no. I, I'm at a high school. I'm about to be at a high school. So, oh, okay. You know, they, they pulled me from the middle school to a high school that um, they want to, you know, make some changes and make some moves at. And, okay. you know, one of the things is, I guess, when you do good work, people try to pull you. And the superintendent and assistant superintendent thought that I could be be that force to make a change in a building. And, you know, and and I appreciate the opportunity. I, I think if, if you – based on what the situation potentially is, if they're coming after you, they're asking me to fill that role, you know, and they feel that strongly that I am the one to make it happen. I was like, I got to change. And so I'm leaving the job that I'm comfortable in at, uh, at Grassland Middle School that I've, I've grown to love and, and I'm moving to a high school that's not too far from here. That's from, awesome. From the middle school, yeah. Well, congratulations, when, yeah. Yeah, when did you feel education was important because sometimes you talk to some of these players and they say you know what's your major and they say eligibility <laughs> <laughs> real talk that you know that's that's real man like i tell you a story when i was a kid man my mom she um she she wouldn't let me play sports unless we had a b average right and i think it was sixth grade year uh right after the first semester i got like three d's a c and an a and something you know what i mean it was real bad i got of course my a was pe right and i had like a one point six or 1.16 it was something terrible and my mom took basketball away from me well I had already told my mom earlier that year that you know we didn't have a whole lot of money growing up single mom I'm the oldest and I told her hey I'm going pro I'm going to the NBA and I'm gonna buy you a house that was my ultimate dream right I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy you a house once I get to the NBA well she took basketball away I'm like mom how can I buy you a house are you taking basketball she, <laughs> you know she's like nope you're not playing I said please 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 so I'm crying begging pleading and she was like no you're not playing and I was like, my, I'm going to the league. You need, a, we need a house, right? And uh, her whole thing was with that, man, I'm not raising any dummies. You got to get your education. And, and then, you know, shortly thereafter, she brought home some statistics. I, and to this day, I don't know where she got these. This is pre-internet. This is, you know, this is pre-Google, you know. And she had the statistical probabilities of each major sport in America of making it. One in a million, one in two million, one in three million, wherever those numbers were. I don't even remember what they were at that time in 19... 87 I think this is 86 87 and 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 put in perspective and I, and I look back on it, I don't think she was discouraging me from pursuing my dream I think she just wanted me to have realistic expectations and realize you still got steps to go you still gotta do a b c d and e you can't just not go to school and think you're going to the NBA because what if you get hurt 
what if it doesn't work out? What do you have to follow through? And so I don't think I appreciated that as much until I retired. And when I retired, I was 30 years old, uh, retired from the NFL. I was 30 years old. And what do you do now? I knew I wanted to be around the game. I knew I wanted to help, whether it be kids or pros. I didn't know which way. Was I about that life, that professional coaching life? So I, I sought some opportunities. I found out coaching in college and pro is a lot political. Um, it's about who you know. And if you haven't coached with certain people, they're not going to give you a chance, even if you have a name, because they don't think you can do it or you're going to put the work in to do it. You know, but if my buddy was already coaching, he probably would have brought me on. You know, so it was a lot of that. So I settled in on secondary education and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed coaching. I enjoyed seeing kids get that aha moment. Like, dang, I'm OK. I, I can. I'm a good teacher when it comes to this. So I decided, man, I'm going I'm going to kind of settle in on this. But I wanted to get better. I just, you know, I didn't know anything about the educational world. Last world, last time I had been to school, I graduated high school in 1993. This is 2005 at this point, right? You know, so I didn't know anything about it. So I went in. Uh, I started, you know, looking into what I potentially wanted to do. I said, well, I'd like to be an athletic director. I knew business. I knew sports. Um, I said, I want to be an athletic, athletic director and a coach. So what does that take? So I, I drew up like this whole business plan or uh, job description and took it to the school I was at. And they were like, well, we like it, good idea, but we don't have anything like that right now. Uh, but we'll, you know, we'll be in touch. Well, in the meantime, I was playing softball, you know, one of those things, just try to stay active. And a couple of buddies that are on the team were both in education, both in school administration. And they kind of gave me a blueprint of what I needed to do. And I, I basically, man, I knew opportunities were going to happen. And I felt like if I was going to be, getting opportunities, I needed to be qualified so I was justified. And what I mean by that is I, I didn't have the education. I didn't have the background. I was 30 years old where people started at 22, 23, had already these experiences. And I understand doors are going to open for me a lot sooner than most because of my name that I wanted to go get qualified. So I went back and, and took the GRE and passed it, got into grad school. How I passed it, I had no idea. I just, I just remember certain Things. I don't know. I passed it though. Got into grad school. And I remember my first class, uh, Dr. George Kersey. He goes, All right, here's the syllabus. You're going to have to do an Excel spreadsheet. You're going to have to do a PowerPoint. And it got to be on Word document and Times Roman 12 font. Uh, and I had, I had no idea what any of that was. <laughs> Nothing. I had, because Word Perfect Word had just really started in like, yeah. like 98. You know what I mean? <laughs> I had no idea. I never needed it. And so I'm looking in there, I'm, you know, I'm in there's other adults who are in education and they're even some older than me and there was kids younger than me. And here I am the football player and everybody knows me and they're looking at me. I just gotten done playing, right? I'm, I'm fresh out the league and they're looking at me and I'm playing it cool. Like I, I, I know what he's talking about. I had no clue. I went home, looked at my computer. I had word pad and I typed all my, <laughs> I typed work on there and they let it go through. I figured it out. I finally went down to, I think, um, I forget where I went. Uh, where'd I go? Anyway, I went somewhere and, and I bought the word perfect download and uh, the word, um, download and outlook and everything. And, um, finally got that on my computer at home. <laughs> and, and then I learned in my lesson, man. So, I got my first master's degrees. It was just to learn basically in leadership because I thought I wanted to be an athletic director. But after I did that, I ended up, like I said, I went to them talking about job position uh, in, in athletics and administration. And I wouldn't, I, and I need to look back on, I wasn't qualified. 
but I needed some experience. And like I said, a couple of buddies were playing um, softball with, said, here's your blueprint. And then I went and worked in public school. And then you get to public school, you got to be certified to teach. So I went back to school again, got my teaching license so I could teach. And I became a teacher and athletic director and a head football coach. And then, you know, another challenge came up. So you won't go into administration. You got your administrator license, so let's go. And I went and got, got, got to the administration and I got, I found out through the NFL, they, they, they will scholarship certain athletes based on application. And I ran out of excuses to not go get my doctorate. And I challenged it. Greatest thing I ever did, man. It's one of my, my greatest accomplishments. One of the things I'm the most proud of. As you should be. Yeah, you should. Yeah. I, <laughs> I went and got my be. master's degree and it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I was like, I don't <laughs> even think I could go get my doctorate. So props to you, man. <laughs> yeah. A lot of late nights, man. And you talking about, man, like I said, I have been out of school for a long time. Yeah. Man. Graduate. I graduated high school in 1993. Graduated college in 2000. Wait, 97. Excuse me. I graduated college in 97. I got my first master's in 2007. Wow. So that's and you think how fast technology grows in that time frame. And that's a 10 year span, you know. Um, so it, it was an interesting learning curve, man. It, but I tell you what, that's one thing I, I can use with people now and kids, man. Just never stop growing. Never stop learning. Because, you know, that's, that's the way of life, man. That's, you got to continue to grow and try to reinvent yourself and get better. Definitely. Well, also, I, I believe you have, a, you have a podcast too, right? You're starting yeah, up right I now? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. It, you can see the backdrop yeah, behind I was gonna say, the name th of it. Three, yeah. three the pro way, right? Three the pro way. And, you know, and what we're talking about right now is kind of the premise behind the podcast, man. We're talking about two uh, people that have changed careers and this and that, and they have found success and, and failures and what they've learned from them. Uh, we kind of take people chronologically to through uh, certain guests life. Um, and, 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 you know, cause I think like, for instance, we just did a pod with um, Eddie George. And I think a lot of people will be surprised by the experiences he had as a young man that has led to who he is today. Cause I think people just tend to focus on the successes and not, the drive, not the ambition, not the perseverance, not the grit that it takes to get to that point. And that's kind of the premise behind it. And, you know, after I did a uh, article with Sports Illustrated and they were talking about my, me getting my doctorate and things of that nature and being successful this side of life in conversations, it just seemed to kind of resonate with me. Like, you know what, let me tell other people's stories. It's not just my story. And so, you know, uh, we're working out some things. We're going to start releasing these pretty soon, but yeah, man, it, I'm excited. I enjoy it, man. That's why, you know, when you reached out to me and, and, and for this, I was like, man, absolutely. Because I understand how that is to communicate with somebody cold like that and get them to come uh, join your show. It's just a matter of lining up schedules and, yeah. and things like that. But that, you know, here I am reaching out to people I hadn't talked to in years or people I had never talked to and say, hey, you want to come on my pod? And, you know, some people have been gracious enough and some haven't. And it's just one of those things. And so, man. Um, I didn't know how much I'd enjoy it, but I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm on, on there with a couple partners. Y'all may know Joey Kent being one, former Tennessee Vol, Tennessee Titan wide receiver. And another friend of ours who he's one of the guys I mentioned when we were playing softball, kind of gave me the blueprint for education, Dr. Todd Campbell. So, you know, we've all been friends for about 20 years and uh, or more. And, um, and, yeah, it's fun, man. That's awesome. That, yeah, I'm forever grateful that, that, that we were able to line these schedules up and, uh, and get you on here. Uh, Anthony, what, what, what other questions do you have? Well, uh, he mentioned Eddie George, and I was just going to throw back to the story <laughs> of uh, you, Sean, 
chasing down Eddie George at a restaurant in Hollywood one day. <laughs> so, okay, I got to tell you a story real quick. So right. I, I used to have this Grand Am. It was some gross car that I had when I lived out in L.A. with Anthony. And uh, I had Titan stickers on my back windows. Like, they were, like, almost helmet stickers. So mm-hmm. every, everyone called it the Titan Mobile. So we're at uh, – what was the restaurant, Anthony? Well, um, we, were at, we were at the do-over. Yeah. And then, and then uh, we were going to go have dinner afterwards. And we went to Bossa Nova. Yeah, uh, me and my Bossa wife and some Nova. friends. Yeah, yeah. And hey. uh, we're waiting for a table. And big guy comes up in shape. And I look. I'm like, oh, it's, it's Eddie George. So Sean's not even there. I he left. I left. Me. I didn't want to wait in line. So I left Bossa Nova. <laughs> and then he calls me. So me, I'm like, hey, like, Sean, like, I'm standing right next to Eddie George. You know, we're about to have dinner. And I've never seen a grown man <laughs> turn a car around on Hollywood Boulevard traffic on a Sunday so quick wow I, and i stood there i stood there and waited i didn't want to interrupt his dinner and i stood there and waited and then he finished up and then i went up to him and i was like i have to get a picture with you i'm like you're one of my many uh titans childhood idols i'm like i need a picture <laughs> with you so it was it was pretty awesome uh so, yeah yeah it was a yeah, that was a cool moment for me but, and <laughs> he's jacked now he's huge he's, he's still huge man he's he's, huge. and he's a good dude man like and he's very genuine and you know, I'm proud of him because he, you know, he's he's embracing this whole coaching thing and embarking on a journey he's never done before. And but one thing I know about Eddie, man, he does his research. One, and he's not gonna do something he's not gonna be successful at. He's gonna go all in. And you know, him going to be a college football coach, man, I'm proud of him taking that journey because a lot of guys would have turned it down because they were yeah. like, Nah, I'm not taking that journey. Because you know, the criticism comes with it. If he loses all his games, oh, he don't know what he's doing. He shouldn't be there, you know? And yep. think about that. His legacy is solidified. Why would he take on this journey? Yep. And he said, man, I'm, my opportunity to give back and, and really teach kids what I've been taught. And, and, and then hopefully they learn some things along the way on the football field and off. Yep. And I was like, man, that's it. That's the reason why I did it for so long. So yeah, kudos to him. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. That's really cool. <laughs> Do you have any other questions, Anthony? Feel free to feel free to ask. Well, away. I was going to transition, and we were going to go from brats and beers to cerveza and chorizo, and just do the rest of the interview in Spanish. I won't know what you're saying, but you can. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even speak Spanish either, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we, we did have two little games here, kind of lined right. up. I guess we can okay. run through them. Well, one of them's pretty easy. It's a, uh, it's just a rapid round of questions, um, just okay. like kind of either ors or like favorites. Um, yeah. First one, beer or wine? Ooh, now I'm a wine guy. Okay, red yeah. or white? Ooh, seasonal. <laughs> okay. Seasonal. Right now, when it's hot, I go with the white. I respect it. I respect it. Yeah. Uh, brats or burgers? Burgers. Burgers. All right. Uh, Eddie George or Javon Curse? Eddie George. <laughs> uh, Music City Miracle or scoring a touchdown in the same game as your brother? Oh, that's a tough one. Ah, oh, because that's pretty. That's pretty unique in itself. But yeah. Uh, man, that's tough. Because I'm gonna go with Music City Miracle only because. That's the one that has given me the opportunities that I have. So, okay. uh, yeah, I'm okay. going with that. Okay. What's your, uh, what's your favorite food? French fries. I can't <laughs> turn them down. <laughs> I can't turn them down, man. It's my vice. Does it matter where they're from or what? Man, I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I'm a French fry guy. I, you know, when I get to eating right, eating well, I mean, one time I'll I tell you a story. 
one time we had some Chick-fil-A French fries and my daughter, she was real young at the time, maybe two, three. And I was in my mode of not eating junk food and training and get, trimming down. You know, I still, I mean, most athletes still had it in them for the most part. We do anyway, but, and uh, she needed me to cool off. And so I was, I was blowing on it. You know, you pucking them lips up and I felt that little salty, crispy goodness. I was like, and my wife was just laughing at me. Like, you want to eat it so bad right now? I said, yes, but I can't, but. <laughs> Yeah, I love some French fries, brother. That's awesome. That's too funny. Uh, what's your uh, What's your dream place or your favorite place to travel? Uh, I think, man, my dream place would probably be having a lake house. I don't have one. I probably would like, you know, a lake house seems serene and nice, uh, overlooking some body of water. I wouldn't say beach. I think beach is more vacation for me. I think I'd, I would get old. That would get old to me. I think the lake, I can go fishing, whatever, oh, yeah. you know, get on the boat, chill, whatever. All right, back to French fries. <laughs> Who has the best French fries? Ooh. Oh, God. Well, I mean, I mean, McDonald's. I mean, come on. True. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but the place I go to now that they got them bottom, bottomless pit steak fries. Oh, Red Robin. Red Robin. Okay. Oh, yes. I, I eat about four, Yeah, I eat about four baskets every time. Because I, I know – that's I'm gonna eat that. I'm not gonna eat for like a whole day. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Red yes. Robin right now is my spot because I the bottomless fries, man. That yeah, I just keep bring another basket, keep it coming. I, I go once a year and it's in my birthday month because I get a free meal and then I just have like four <laughs> bottomless fries orders every year. Absolutely. Do you order it. the fries before you order the burger? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, I said yeah. you might as well ahead bring a basket of fries out right now. And they're like, seriously, yes. But the campfire sauce? Oh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> now, who has the worst fries? And why is it in and out You know, I don't know. There's some. I, like, uh, five guys, uh, they can get a little greasy. Yeah. A little soggy. I like a little crisp to mine, you know. I don't mind a little soft, not softness to them, but not too greasy. I think five guys is, hasn't been my place. Like, why oh, do you go back and give me some fries from there? Okay. That's, okay. that's my spot. I like it. I like it. Uh, what's your favorite Instagram or Twitter account to follow? Ooh, man, I don't know. Um, there's one right now. I can't remember the name of it, but he's entertaining. And, but, and I can't remember the name of it. Something one cold something. So it's funny because he's entertaining. He posts a lot of good, good content, okay. but um, I, I, I'd like a lot of like, Train like golf training videos. So okay. I watch Phil Mickelson, me and my golf, uh, a couple people like that. So I'll, you know, get tips and things like that for okay. my game, which I shouldn't do that because then you go out and try it on the golf course instead of actually practicing what they say and yeah. your game is all jacked up. <laughs> yeah. So I like stuff like that. I, l I love stuff that's inspiring, educational, that can, you know, help me grow. And uh, so I look for stuff like that. Uh, cool. Gold Coast, I like. Uh, so stuff like that. Okay. Do, do you go out and play a lot? Uh, well, if you ask my wife, yeah, but me, no. <laughs> Not enough. It's never Not enough, enough, right? I get a couple, <laughs> couple times a month, you know. Okay. Uh, it, 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 when school ends, I'll probably get out there in some fashion, whether it be driving range or playing probably two, three times a week. You okay. Know? Yeah. Okay. What's your, uh, what's your favorite number? One. One? Okay, why is that? One in, 20, one in 23. Okay. Uh, one is my college number one. Uh, my son's name is Genesis, does that tell you anything? And it's the, 
you know, it's the first number. It's the one everybody recognizes. Everybody knows it. You, and that's what you shoot for, to be the best, right? Number one. So, numero uno. And then 23, my birthday is June 23rd. Michael Jordan. It's just, it was just, you know, 23. It, it all lines up. All right. It all lines up. I like it. So, with the new NFL number rules, would you have worn one as a pro? Yep. Yep. If I wore it cut for two preseason games and had we been the Titans at that time, I would have worn for all four. But they, uh, when I was an Oiler, number one was synonymous with Warren Moon. A couple Moon. Warren Moon fans were like, and the owner was like, he can't be wearing Warren Moon's number, you know? So they put me in number 11 for the last two preseason games. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, this is a kind of a fun question that we've asked, uh, like, all of our guests. How many Krispy Kreme donuts do you think you could eat in an hour? Oh, in an hour? Yeah. I, if I hadn't eaten, I could get, I could put a box down. There. I can oh, put yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I made myself sick in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. We've always debated doing a little Krispy Kreme challenge for an episode one time, but we, we, haven't, we haven't worked up the courage yet to do it. <laughs> I would love to see that. That'd be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll have you on as a guest. You can do it with us. <laughs> oh, I don't need to be sick like that. I'm trying to trim down. I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay sexy in my mid-40s. I ain't trying to... <laughs> I'm trying to ruin you over here. Sorry. Yeah, you are. I'm trying to stay sexy. <laughs> uh, well, so that- I don't know if you guys heard this, but Chad Johnson is going to be on the undercard of the Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather oh. fight. With who? So Mike, they haven't announced they haven't his announced opponent it, yet. Yeah. But if you were to join one of these trailer YouTube sensation fights, who would you like to fight? Hmm. I, I'd probably go out to Jake Paul, too. And the reason being, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, think of the money that Joker's bringing in. You know what I'm saying? He's bringing a lot of money. You can say what you want, but he is one smart guy. He was, yeah, really, he was selling hats about 20 minutes after that little incident yesterday. Honestly, I'm yeah. not going to lie. I think that whole thing's set up. I think it's all oh, absolutely. Just absolutely. fake publicity. Absolutely. Like, but Look, mate. It's all for money. Yeah. Smart. Absolutely. Genius. Why not? Yep. But, uh, Anthony, you got any other either-ors or anything? Otherwise, I'll, I'll go into our, our last game here. Yeah. Is a cheesecake a cake or a pie? <laughs> <laughs> it's a pie to me, but <laughs> it's a pie. <laughs> yeah, I agree. All right, we're, we're going to hop into – this one's called Class is in Session, all right? All right. So, in honor of you having <laughs> such uh, an extensive education, uh, we're going to take you back to school. And it's going to be kind of like, almost like, uh, um, are you smarter than a fifth grader type of, type of style? So, <laughs> so we're going to ask you two questions from first, second, third, fourth, and fifth grade. And then there's a little bonus round at the end for you. All right. All right. All right. How many syllables are in the word rhinoceros? Four. Four. Correct. Am I right? You are right. <laughs> <laughs> Snow, rain, and sleet are examples of what? precipitation yes all right you passed first grade all right <laughs> oh god that's only first grade that hurt me <laughs> <laughs> what are the th- second grade what are the three branches of u.s government legislator congress and um legislative congress and oh i forget that third one all the time what is it it's, yeah. it's executive and judicial uh, yeah, executive but yeah, I mean, Congress is in the, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Earth is located in what galaxy? Milky Way. 
Yes, correct. All right, you're out of third grade. God, <laughs> you know what's interesting? They say you use it or you lose it. This is stuff you don't think about no more, man. Trust me, I was looking through some of these questions. I'm like, I'm not asking them that because I don't know that. <laughs> uh, what is the capital of Florida? Um, is it it's not Tallahassee, is it? It is Tallahassee. Oh, yes, yes. Um, Julius Caesar was the emperor of what empire? Roman. Roman Empire. Look yeah. at you go. All right. You're <laughs> on to fourth grade. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what planet is nicknamed the Red Planet? Mars. Mars. And uh, let's see here. Uh, to pass fourth grade, the Battle of Gettysburg was fought in which war? The Civil. Yes. <laughs> You're crushing it. Uh, all right, fifth grade. Who is the creator of the classic book characters Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn? Um, oh my gosh. I, um, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Mark Twain. Mark Twain. Mark Twain. <laughs> oh, I'm drawing a blank. I, I, I knew you knew it. I knew you knew it. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you that. Uh, what are the three states of matter? Uh, solid. Liquid gas? Yes. All righty. So now we'll go into the, the bonus round here. So this one is, we're taking you to draft class. So these are all about the 1998 draft, all right? Okay. So with you being the first wide receiver drafted in the 1998 draft, who was the second wide receiver off the board? Randy Moss, 21. Yes, yes, yes. Um, name the four Hall of Fame players from the 1998 class. Charles Woodson, Randy Moss, Peyton Manning, and offensive lineman. Um, uh, help me with his name. Alan. Alan Fanica. Yep. A Anthony told me that today, and I said, who the hell is Alan Fanica? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, last one here for you. Then we can let you go and make you stop thinking so hard. But the players that were drafted before and after you shared the same last name. What was it? Players that were drafted before? Yep, there was a player directly before you and then directly after you, and they had the same exact last name. Oh, Simmons. Simmons, Simmons. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. How do you feel during that? Were you pretty comfortable? You seemed pretty comfortable. Yeah, no, no, no. That was my wheelhouse. I, I know my draft. I played with most of those guys, obviously, in the senior bowl. So that was in my wheelhouse right there. You were a, uh, you were a senior bowl MVP, weren't you? I was. That's I was. awesome. Congrats yeah. on that, too. So many accomplishments. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Just well, that – what, what was that? I'm sorry. You said make the Hall of Fame. Oh, maybe, maybe. You, you still might. I'll put my vote in for you. Yeah, I appreciate it. I well, appreciate well, that. Well, well, now you can add being on the Brats and Beers podcast to your resume. So feel free to shout that out anytime. No. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely, man. Tag me when y'all post stuff, man. I'll shoot it back out, man. But I appreciate it. I had a good time, man. I love what you do, man. And we do a, a segment called This Is That, similar to what you do. You know, I don't know if y'all listen to old hip hop, but you can get with this. So you oh, yeah. You got a little with that. with that. So, uh, so man, but I love the show. Uh, love man, it. I appreciate having, having me, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. Uh, you have a great night. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate it. And uh, tighten yeah. up, baby. Uh, tighten up. Tighten up. Have a good one. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.